0: Welcome to The Hidden Rainbow, the podcast that delves into the complexities of being South Asian and queer in America. We're your hosts, Toad and Frog, and in each episode, we will be exploring the unique experiences, struggles, and triumphs of South Asian Americans in the LGBTQ community. From grappling with cultural expectations and prejudices to navigating relationships with family and community, we will be getting candid with our guests about their journey in coming out finding community, and creating their own definitions of what it means to be South Asian and queer. So whether you're South Asian, LGBTQ+, an ally, or just curious, we invite you to join us on this journey of self-discovery and acceptance. Let's start the Hidden Rainbow together. All right, so starting off, let's introduce our guests. (laughs) What would you like to be called? So my like
1: legal name is Red-tailed Hawk, but you can call me Hawk for short. <laughs> okay.
2: Are you, do you have any relation to Hawkeye, or is that completely different? No, no. I, Does he like hunt you or something, or is that like a?
1: <laughs> n- no, I hunt him actually. Oh. Okay. Wow.
2: This is a parallel
0: universe. <laughs> And New then, Marvel villain.
1: Ooh, this is a like first like Marvel thing I would be associated with because I've seen like maybe one Marvel movie. I oh, know I get that. I feel like
2: our <laughs> friends like loving. I'm like
0: Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, side Scarjo. There's
3: another Asian in the house. A. Hawk. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Except you're a villain. <laughs> yeah, you can. Call me Bird. Bird? Yeah. Okay, bird so Bird nice. and Hawk.
0: Yeah. Okay, I love that. <laughs> okay, and then well, we're Frog and Toad. We're going
2: Frog and Toad just because, like, it's so iconic. Like, because I think the creator himself also said, like, they're supposed to be a couple. And
0: I'm like, that's hard. Wait, that makes it so much more wholesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Like, queer icons.
0: <laughs> Wait, which one of is Frog? Which one of I'm Frog
2: because Frog. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I'm Toad. Because of T? Yeah, for Toad. T for Toad. <laughs>
2: I okay. feel like toad is also taller, so... Really? Yeah, because toads are, like, elongated. <laughs> <laughs> and you, frogs are water, right? Yeah, and I swim. Yeah. <laughs> we both swim. Oh, it's <laughs> Actually, we
0: all sing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all
0: swim. <laughs> I think we're all really good at singing. <laughs> okay. okay, so... <laughs> Now we're, like, moving straight into deep stuff. Yeah. So do you guys want to tell us a little bit more about yourselves, kind of delve into your coming out story a little bit, maybe just more about yourself in general?
2: Or, like, the first person you were, like, comfortable to come out to and just your queer identity and, like, how that shaped you and, like, basically that process of before you were out to people in general.
3: Hmm. I mean the first person like I ever came out to like formally said like I'm gay to or the first person I acted gay around <laughs> uh, I think that, that's really interesting because I would yeah. connect with that where I was like
2: well okay I don't think I told this story but the first time I came out to my friends was at New Year <laughs> when I wasn't drunk but other people were and one person was like i'm gay and i'm like i'm gay too and we might have kissed <laughs> but that was and then i think after that i just like fell into my queer identity you said like acted gay i feel like that's like my role in the group is like i hate men Okay, not <laughs> that I hate men but maybe i just like, vibe with them <laughs> i don't trust a man <laughs> and why should you exactly exactly mm-hmm. so how about
3: well, the thing is, is that, like, I've always kind of been, like, a massive fruit. And, like, <laughs> I feel like it was very, like, normal to me. Like, I never really felt ashamed of it. And I, I knew I was attracted to girls before I knew that I could be attracted to men. I feel like my whole life was me, like, convincing myself that, yes, you like this guy. He likes green.
0: You like green. <laughs> Duh. I feel <laughs> like it's just a common theme throughout this entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's the colors <laughs> thing, too. Oh, my <laughs> God. No,
3: because, like, I, I would try really, really hard to, like, men. i try really, really hard to be like, no, yeah, and it just didn't mesh at all. No, it was so painful. And for <laughs> friends who've, like, known me for a long time and have had to listen to, I'm so sorry. <laughs> because, like, it was it was just so, like, obvious. I was like, girl, you, you don't like him, and he doesn't like you either, so let's just call it <laughs> quits. Like, I remember being six years old. And my best friend in first grade, we were listening to this song in music class, and the teacher is like, so after we finish the song, you should go down to the audience and give your parent a kiss on the cheek, right? Because there's someone you love. And for some reason in my head, it was like, oh, so you're supposed to kiss someone on the cheek that you love? Well, I love my best friend, and she's sitting right beside me. So I don't need to go down to the audience. So (laughs) after we finished rehearsing that song, I turned to her and I gave her a kiss on the cheek and she went, why did you do that? <laughs> and then they talked to me after class about how that's not how that was supposed to go. <laughs> it was like, like I always kind of knew, you know, but I think verbalizing it came a lot later because instinctually I trust myself. And I know myself, but when,
2: for lack of better terms, society tells you different Every single <laughs> other person's you know? like, you can't be gay. Like, yeah. Yeah.
3: Or like you have to quote, at least to be bi or something, because, not to like say that bisexuality isn't valid, it's to say that like, when people would tell that to me, it was like, you have to have some capacity for men Mm -hmm. in order for you to be acceptable. So, I really tried to find that. It just didn't work, man, it really (laughs) just didn't. But that's me, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah,
1: I guess like Frog mentioned, (laughs) Uh, the my my formal like official coming out was probably like drunk at New Year's um, <laughs> to my friends, but I think that like. I've never been a person that's been super onto labels or really I need to have a formal coming out process. I kind of was just like, I'm gonna just talk if I have a crush on a girl and you're gonna have to accept it to people around me. I think part of it also is, I don't know if it's like a privilege per se, but I think because I would call myself bisexual and like most of our relationships in the past have been with men, it's a lot less like obvious to people. So it's a bit more easy for me to be like, I guess straight passing is the Mm -hmm. term. So it's a bit more easy for me to fit into like society
2: and my community and things like that. Yeah. Do you, do you get annoyed when like the queer community or even friends are like, dismiss that part of you or is it just they don't understand or it doesn't bother you? Because I feel like when, okay, maybe this is because I'm, I'm probably a lesbian, but like when people <laughs> would be like, oh, you're just bisexual. I would kind of, I, d- I didn't like the dismissal of bisexualness because I feel like people just assume you're straight or you're gay and they don't like understand there is Something in yeah. or like something in like that shade spectrum so like how do you feel when because i feel like our friends have been very dismissive sometimes yeah. and it's maybe because you're not as performative or as open about it which is obviously totally fine so. yeah
1: i feel like in sometimes when i see general like discourse like online
2: and things like that some of that will get me a little bit angry because
1: i feel like people aren't really as like empathetic towards experience or they don't really just they don't understand it and when people don't understand something they tend to just kind of discard it But I think for me personally, I feel my sexuality and my identity is so personal to me that I honestly don't really care what other people think. (laughs) And I think that's, it's like one area of my life where I can say, you can believe what you want to believe, but this is a really personal thing to me, so your opinions have no
2: impact on who I am. Yeah, So like they have no truth because you have all the truth yourself. You know yourself better than they could ever. Yeah,
1: and I also feel like sexuality, part of it is how you present yourself to society, or like, how do I want to say this? It's not- if people don't perceive me as queer, that's okay.
2: Because I'm- it's, it's more for like me internally, mm. Is that if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's- you're not- yeah, you're not trying to like... It doesn't have to be for everyone, it's just for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I how did you,
0: as a South Asian queer person, I know for me it was really hard to grasp the fact that I was bisexual because I was like, I like men, so I don't like women, there's no way! Because, like, I just had never seen someone who looks like me, or it's not even the representation, it was just, there's no way. Like, I've never seen anyone yeah. be bisexual. There's It's always either or, so I was like, no, I, I definitely don't have feelings for that girl, there's no way. It's just different kind of feelings, I don't know. <laughs> She's just my friend. She's just my friend really, who I really, really want to spend time with, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I
1: don't know. I think that I was really lucky in that I have other South Asian queer friends that like I was able to know or just like maybe instinctively like we all knew we were queer and so we found each other that Liked way. Liked books way too much. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was like really like important for me and that like, I did see that representation. And so I think for me, because I had those people in my life, I was able to kind of accept that a little bit easier. Also, this is kind of a tangent, but have you guys seen that movie, like, Bithai, though on, like, Oh
0: my god, yes! <laughs> yes. It, it's, like, have you guys seen it? It's where they marry each other, yeah, but one's family. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, the lavender love, like, where it's, like,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. where they, yeah, they're both, I haven't seen the movie, but I was, like, I want to see it.
1: <laughs> it's really cute, it's a little, like, you know, cheesy, and things, but I remember seeing that, and I, that's when I was, like, shocked, I was, like, wow, like, Brown people, like, on screen in yeah. India are queer, showing that, and, like, their families are involved with the whole process. It was just, like, an insane... Yeah, I'd never seen that story before in the media, and I was like, this is... Yeah, because I same.
0: think that actor, Ayushman Gharan, I'm not really yeah. sure to say his last name, but he does a lot of movies like that, where <laughs> he brings, like, he's done a plus size movie where, like, he brings like awareness to how people treat plus size people in india he's done a movie about a transgender woman dating a transgender woman and he's done but i mm-hmm. so i think he's a person that really needs to be talked about more because yeah because it brings awareness to a lot of issues that people don't even talk about
2: and i feel like in the past the way that queerness was talked about in south asian media specifically in india was so derogatory mm-hmm. that it's just i feel like that feeds into a lot of minds of our family which it's like i watched these old movies and they really could say that like in 2008 that's, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy yeah so i don't know but
3: yeah i i really think that language has like a really Every role to play with everything, I mean like the way you talk about things shapes the way like you feel about things but also I don't know if this is your guys' experience as well but I feel like there's no way to talk about queerness in like not just South Asian languages but in Arabic as well that doesn't directly translate to perversion or sodomy or violence and it's well of course you'd see this in a negative way because you can't talk about it without explicitly calling it bad every single time, you know And so I think, I think that's why like a lot of people find gay, like queerness, being LGBTQ, to be like very like Western things. I feel English does have like a variety of translations for these terms, whereas I don't really know if like Urdu does, I don't really know if like Bangla does, I don't know if Arabic does, or if they do, I definitely haven't heard them or, like, experienced that before, and I think that plays a heavy role into, like, not just why it's seen as bad, but why it's seen as a Perversion. totally yep. different thing, you know? Like, that mm-hmm. this happens in the West, this isn't, like, tradition or the way it's always mm-hmm. been, you know? But, like, historically, we've been gay as fuck. Yeah, literally.
2: literally! For, so, for, like, Indian culture about how, like, the, the West, like, that's, how do I say this? They, like, appropriated gayness, too, from <laughs> India and from South Asian South Asia, so it's just like, it's so funny seeing that, It's I understand their, their concept, it's like a Western concept, like where they're coming from, but it's really, really not, yeah. <laughs> so.
0: So do you want to talk more about your relationship with religion as a gay person? Oh, yeah,
3: absolutely. <laughs> so I was brought up Sunni Muslim, and I, I think religion was a little weird in my household because it was definitely really important, like we prayed all five namaz, like, we fasted every Ramadan, we lived really, really close to the local masjid, and, like, our families would be, like, very, very active in the community, like, no drugs, no alcohol, no boys, nothing like that, and for a while, it was very easy for me to fly under the radar, because, like, no boys, I was like, okay, good, they make me nervous, I don't (laughs) really want to do that, you know, and I was never really, like, the rebellious type, I, I, I had a lot of, like, very specific expectations of me to get married very young. And it, it was just something that all the women in my family did. So I really just, like, strived for that, and I was really just trying to, like, push towards that. I became a hijabi at one point, and I, 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 do, I did and do feel like Islam shaped me to be the person that I am. I find a lot of solace in it. It's nostalgic for me, but I also think a lot of Islamic values hold a lot of weight and hold a lot of truth, but it's really, really difficult because I've always known how conditional religious acceptance is and how conditional brown community is when you're gay in a very, like, Muslim society because the second they find out, they turn on you like that. And it's not just like a, oh, I I don't really feel comfortable around you. It's like a full-scale demonization. Like, you become disgusting to them. You become, like, A perpetrator to them and it's really sad because like you you spend so much of your time and your energy like being vulnerable with all these people with all these young girls and you try really hard to establish a connection with them simply so that they won't reject you when you find out when they find out that one thing about you but it it feels like without fail that's always how it turned out to be And eventually, at one point, in the middle of the pandemic, when everyone was kind of separated from everyone anyway, and I had that time to think, as we all did, because, you know, (laughs) what the fuck else were you supposed to do during the pandemic? (laughs) I guess, like, it was that time alone, thinking about the climate crisis and how we might not have a bunch of time. I always thought to myself that I would know myself and I would honor myself, but I would lock it away so that I could continue the traditions that have always existed in my family as far as I know. You know, having kids, getting married young, all this stuff. Um, But I just realized, you know, I might not even have time for the midlife crisis later in life. I might not have time in my 30s even, or like 40s to be, this isn't the life I want, I'll come out, all this stuff. And like, if I do have kids at that point, I don't wanna, you know, make them feel like they are liability in me choosing the life I want for myself. Especially when I saw traits of that in my older female relatives. Like, I have an aunt that I'm certain is queer. And I see her and I see how repressing herself has done nothing good for her. And I I just didn't want to see myself become like that. So, I don't know, I guess like, I answered multiple questions. (laughs) I I do think that being Muslim and gay looks different for each person. I do think that it's increasingly more difficult the more devout you get to maintain a relationship with Islamic communities and being openly queer at the same time just because like there's really no middle ground when it comes to that. You're either straight and accepted or you're just not. But I do hope that like with these like younger generations things kind of start to change and I see that a little bit. I see how some of my like younger cousins like they they have gay friends or like they're comfortable being oh yeah I'm fiddling around with pronouns here and there you know (laughs) and I think that's nice. I just I don't know for me for me personally I kind of had to take a step back from participating a lot in the masjid and being open about both at the same time because it just kind of exposed me to more harm than good.
0: Do you think you'd ever go back to being devout Muslim? Like, do you think it's just ruined your relationship with Islam? How people acted? I think I'm
3: Still fairly connected to Islam. It's just not external like mm-hmm. I don't
2: like not the community part or like less of the community you're a part of and yeah. more about the teachings itself and like what yeah. Like kind of like that. okay, <laughs> like the
3: values. Yeah, like I still pray and I still fast and I still like celebrate Eve and I still remember like the Prophet's teachings and I still have like a book of Hadiths and I still hold that close to me but like I don't wear a hijab and I don't know what to do with all my hijabs, <laughs> so if anybody's listening to this, you guys want some premium chiffon hijabs, <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's just like, it, it feels a little lonely and I don't like tell people if they ask and people don't tend to know that I, wear, I don't wear hijab, but it, it's become a more like internal thing and I've kind of, I feel like I've had to do that out of self-preservation
0: do you think that the relationships with the like because when you're younger and you make those like close relationships with your friends who were muslim and girls do you think it's ruined your how you make friends now because of the way that they acted towards you when you came out or how scared you were to come out to them i did feel
3: like that for a while especially last year because that was my first year being like fully and completely out. But I think at this point like, I have really good friends that are Muslim or aren't or were Muslim and I trust that the community that I've built is going to take care of me and love me and respect me for who I am. And you know, I haven't met everyone that I'm gonna love yet. So I, I think it's definitely like taught me to be more cautious and not like be so like, wear my heart on my sleeve and all that kind of thing but I don't think anything can permanently damage you unless you let it to a degree, you know? (laughs) But yeah, how about
1: you? (laughs) So my experience with religion growing up was like a, actually probably completely different. So my family is like not that religious. I didn't grow up really praying or even really fasting or doing a lot of those things. We'd celebrate Eid, we were involved with the community, things like that. But part of it was, like, my parents didn't put me in Sunday school and all my friends were in Sunday school. And I'm not, like, honestly certain as to why they did that. I know a couple times they tried to, like, get me, like, a Quran teacher. But I think maybe I just, like, didn't do the homework or something like that. (laughs) I was very much if I didn't want to do something when I was younger, I, like, didn't do it. It's not that I couldn't. I was a bright child. But I, for some reason, very early on, had a lot of, like, issues with religion. And actually, like, growing up, that was, like, my biggest, like, internal struggle was my experience with like religion and the religious community because I wasn't brought up in a lot of the religious traditions but I was still part of the community and still I felt like an expectation to know a lot of the things so for example like when I would be in a group of a lot of like Muslim girls I would often like feel like I had to really watch what I was saying, watch what I was doing because I would maybe inadvertently do something that was haram or say something that was haram and I didn't know Right. I think one of my friends mentioned at one point, we were really young, not listening to music during Ramadan because music is haram, and or at least that's you know, what some people believe, but I don't know any of the stuffs and <laughs> I've read the Qur'an, it's never been taught to me. So I was immediately, oh, am I doing something wrong by listening to music? Should I not tell people that I'm listening to music, right? So it's just an example, From very early on, religion to me was very steep in fear. Because I was just always afraid of doing the wrong thing and offending someone, right, and like being seen as a bad Muslim. It was I feel like, as opposed to some other religions like Christianity in the West being the big example, we don't really have a concept of Christmas and Easter. You know, there's like Christmas and Easter Christians. So we don't have like Eve and Eve Muslims. Really. <laughs> like
0: convenient Muslims. Yeah. It's like a convenient Christians. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think the term like some people use nowadays like non-practicing, which Mm -hmm. I think is probably the best way to describe myself. So, but that's how I would describe myself now. But very early on, like I mentioned, it was like a very contentious relationship. I I really actually despised most things related to religion because I just saw it as something that was like controlling me, but I didn't Mm -hmm. understand why. Because I didn't have any experience like reading the texts or I wasn't taught these things. And I remember like I had this really big outburst one time when I was like 13, I think where something was happening, I had to do something like I, I think my my mom was trying to actually teach me some of the prayers and keep in mind this is like really late in life for like a Muslim person to be learning how to pray, 13 years old. At that point most people I think have finished reading the entire Quran and I was really just didn't want to learn at that point point. and my mom was getting really angry at me and I think I yelled like well what if I don't want to be Muslim and she was like well you kind of have to be, and it's just how you were born. And so from that, I realized there's a difference between religion in terms of what you believe and religion in terms of the community that you're in. And so in my head I've kind of had those like separate, right? So like what I believe is one thing and I don't really know if I'm that religious personally, but the community I'm a part of and the community that like my family is a part of is not something I really can like change. I guess the community I was like born into and the community that my family is a part of, that's not something that I can change. And so that's something I've had to, like, find acceptance with throughout, like, this time. Like, okay, how can I continue to have the beliefs that I have and be true to myself, but also, you know, be a part of this community? And I've never been super involved in, like, the masjid or anything like that, but I have had, like, a lot of, like, Muslim friends, and a lot of those friends are people that are really important to me, but I've had to be really careful about finding people that know... How I believe and the kind of person that I am, and are still pretty accepting of me. And I think I've done a good job of doing that. A lot of my friends are friends from my childhood who I think kind of just know me as the problem child <laughs> and exactly the way I am, and they're all amazing. But yeah.
2: I'll just like talk about my personal story. Like with my relationship with Hinduism, I was super devout because I believed a lot of what they're saying, but I feel like a lot of it was also backboned by the fact that I was afraid I was not going to hell but like (laughs) gonna do the wrong thing and like I was gonna get condemned by God or whomever. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I feel like that that kind of built into like why I tried to be that perfect child because I was if I'm even though deep down I knew being gay wasn't wrong I just felt like if this is something that's wrong in the community or something other people would find wrong wrong with me like they can't find any other fault with me other than my queerness so Mm -hmm. like I, I always felt like I was Trying to prove something, trying to prove something, or doing like way too much. So like when you realized you were queer, did you with your relationship with Islam? Were you like, oh, this is another thing they're just gonna get mad at me about, or I'm doing incorrectly, or this is just another way I'm a problem child? Or how did how did you navigate that, or was like because your relationship with Islam was not as super deep?
1: Yeah, I think internally it wasn't as much of a struggle because I wasn't. I didn't hold a lot of these like Islamic beliefs that may have condemned being queer, like, I didn't hold those internally. So I was able to accept myself as being queer. But I think the issue was, okay, here's another thing that my community is not going to like about me. And so I think that's a struggle that I continue to experience to this day. Mm -hmm. And I think like that's a lot of the things, because I'm still not out to my family. I'm still involved in a lot of the community, I guess, like, go to events and things like that. And so... Not only is it about queerness, but just about me in general. Like, and I think that it's shaped a lot of how I live my life, which in some bad ways. I think <laughs> that like I tend to lie a lot,
2: <laughs> and a lot of it's No, self- no, not you. I'm talking about
1: myself. Yeah. But it's like it's out self preservation. Yes, right? exactly, exactly. So you, I know you guys understand, but because of that, I'm so used to it, and it sometimes trickles to other parts of my life in a negative way that I'm trying to like avoid. And so, it's like definitely a struggle because like it's. It's difficult to both, I guess, like be true to yourself, but then also, I think my biggest worry is I don't want things to reflect poorly on my family. Because my family, for, you know, who they are, have, are amazing, and they raised me, and I'm thankful that I have a great family that's very loving, and I don't want to do things that will make them socially like face like ostracized record, like, right. isolated yeah I don't really care about myself in that regard because I'm like I'll be
0: fine yeah but it's more about them so I think that's like the biggest struggle that I've been working through currently mm. do you think there's any way that you could come out to your family and not have to come out to the society or the community like just that your family would know because I know that that was a huge thing for me too was I was like I don't want them to be ostracized but then mm. I was like we don't have to tell anybody like (laughs) nobody has to know you know especially because being bi I feel like we have the privilege of I have a boyfriend and Mm -hmm. all of my like family family friends have met him so they're they have no idea that I'm queer and I don't think they'll ever find out unless I break up with him and start dating a woman and eventually get married to her (laughs) or they're invited to the wedding and they're like oh (laughs) (laughs) But,
1: yeah, so... Yeah, I think I've, like, had that perspective where I'm, like, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, with, like, a Muslim family, like, I can't even, like, have a boyfriend. Like, I had a boyfriend, <laughs> multiple boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> My parents don't know anything about that, right? So it's having a
2: relationship with a man. And, like,
1: yeah. I just realized, like, having a relationship with a woman is, like, a whole nother like, Oh, yeah,
2: other yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah. My mom, I, yeah. I yeah. had that same... So when I identified as bi had the same thing if i marry a woman i'm gonna come out, (laughs) and then i realized i'm like probably not bi so i'm like this is gonna the way it came out was not the way I wanted to come out but i think like after that experience that i kind of reflected that like it was going to come out eventually and there's no this just helped me realize even more that i cannot be with a man Mm -hmm. or like Mm Maybe there's a zero point one percent chance, but they would have to be the most perfect man. I don't even know. I don't even know. But it's just like really solidified like my I- identity as like a lesbian woman, mm. and as it's still super scary because like it we haven't touched that subject like, and it's things are still kind of like awkward with my parents yeah because of other things. But it's just like I feel like the root the root of it is like the secrets and the lies is like. They can't understand that I had to lie to them out of self-preservation. Like, they're like, you should have trusted us. Like, How could you tell your friends before? Like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, this reaction is the reason I didn't tell you. Like, do you understand? So,
0: yeah. This is a weird question, but <laughs> I was think I've been thinking about it since, you know, we decided that you guys are like, we're going to be invited. How? Does the Muslim community view, like, here at least, Mm -hmm. view the Hindu community? Because I know that in my community or, like, society of Hindus, I know there's a huge rift between Muslims and Hindus. And it's just this huge issue where they're, like, they just hate Islam. Mm -hmm. And it's just so weird. I want to know, like, what it's like from the other side. I mean,
1: I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I've, like, ever heard anyone talk about Hinduism, <laughs> to be honest, I think that, like, something like, of my parents will sometimes, like, I mean, how do I say this? When, when you're in the West, so, okay, between, like, with our generation, obviously, like, I don't really think anyone really cares that much, like.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely in our generation.
1: I don't think anyone, if I've ever heard someone, like, of our generation, like, talk negatively about Hinduism, I think it would be, like, really weird and be like, ostracized <laughs> from, like, arguing. <laughs> But in terms of like how I think my parents' generation feels, so one part of it is being in the West, like being in the U.S. and being South Asian, being Muslim is like kind of, I guess, more of a minority. I think because more commonly South Asian people in the U.S. are Hindu. So you kind of have to find yourself identifying with a lot more Hindu media or people being represented that are Hindu and you kind of identify yourself with them, even
2: though you are Muslim, if that makes sense. yeah. Like, you're grouped as South Asian, even though there's so many different, like, pockets in being South Asian.
1: Right, yeah. So I think because of that, there tends to be a little bit less of a rift, at least that I've seen. And I think that maybe my experience is a little bit different coming from my family, because my family is, like, a bit more accepting of, like, all, like, kinds of people and all religions and things like that. So, yeah, I haven't really noticed anything other than just, like, a... I don't know, I think sometimes my mom is, like, a little bit, like, ah, that's different and weird. <laughs> but, like, that's the extent of it, I guess.
3: Yeah, I, I definitely agree that there's, like, a generational difference because we're, like, kids of immigrants and because, like, like being non-white in the U.S., like, it's not just, like, a, oh, you struggle for, like, media representation, which is, like, its own struggle. It's also, like like, you... It's human nature when you're, like, in an area that's predominantly white to want to find people who you can align yourself with. And, like, even if they are, like, different from you, like, you'll overlook certain things for the common struggle. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Okay. So it's, like, brown is brown, basically. Right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, like, and it's, like, there are nuances in certain ways that, like, like we will pick up on right? We don't all speak the same language here. We're not all like the same religion so on and so forth. I feel like younger people, they want so much more to just have a more unified front, especially as conservative white supremacist movements have been riled up in, I'm not just going to say like because of Donald Trump. I honestly think this started a lot earlier and just like has waves that come and go. And I just think that we're just ever more aware of it because it's being documented and put in our faces all the time. So I definitely think that the younger generation is coming together, I, and I think, it's, I think it's well-intentioned, but I also understand where our parents are coming from because those rifts are rifts because of hundreds of years of history, you know, and especially because if they immigrated here, they grew up there, you know, so they probably didn't just hear about it and read about it, but they like experienced things mm-hmm. themselves, you know. So like sometimes I remember I used to catch like my dad saying some shit and I'd be like, Mm -hmm. Dad, you can't say that. Like we gotta roll through those right now. At the same time, like I understand that those biases were like sewn into him, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like I don't know, it's it's a complicated thing, but I definitely think that we're veering on the side of you know.
0: Yeah, similarly to that, I think my parents also had experiences growing up in India, like, having that rift, and so now they have Muslim friends, but they're the kind of people that would be, like, I don't like it, but Mm -hmm. they're, like, but I'll be friends with them. It's just a really weird thing. I don't understand. I just, I feel like
2: people in India, like, their relationship, if they identify as Hindu, have, like, because of, like, the Mughal something, and also, like, it's kind of like how some white people here like don't like people of color. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I see it is like the majority just sees how the minority is like rising up, but it's not like a bad thing. Like they're definitely helping society, but because it's something different or something that they see as like wrong or like oh you guys eat meat and we don't or like I don't know whatever. <laughs> they just want to keep their majority and keep that their like culture there. Because there have been obviously history, it wasn't great for Hindu people. Because like temples were destroyed and and a lot of like culture that way was like squashed. So I feel like some sometimes if Hindu people feel like the victim, but yeah. you're really not. Like in in like India, you're 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 fine. Like especially with Modi and like Hindu nationalism, like you're fine. You should worry about how to bring up other people and not like succumb to Hindu nationalism. Yeah,
0: like I've, we've made the comparison before, where I feel like. A Hindu man, a straight Hindu man living in India is equivalent to a straight white man living here. Oh, yeah.
2: Like, I feel like they get even more because, like, there's, I feel like there's, maybe it's just like my opinion, but there's like so many laws I feel like they can get away with and just like doing things that, like, it's just like watching media. I'm like, how can they get away with this? <laughs> like, no one's telling them no. Like, I feel like also a lot of like straight brown men are such mama boys and <laughs> it's, like, it's just it's mm-hmm. just like, Everything gets swept under the rug. That's like every plot to like a, a, a Bollywood drama is how much of a mama's boy they are, or, like, how <laughs> evil the mom is.
1: Here's the thing. That's also straight Muslim men, though.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least like the South Asian ones. <laughs> so They're just brown Muslim. boys in general. Just brown boys straight in general. Straight men in general. Just that privilege, and I like. I personally don't understand why like m- women love their sons so much, but I think I've heard biased. it's <laughs> kind of
0: like a. Like okay, I, I like. might be wrong. Yeah, it's like they had an arranged marriage, so they're stuck with this guy who they don't really find super attractive. <laughs> and so when they have their son, they're like they pour all of their love that they would pour into a romantic relationship, not in a weird way, but in like a this I have I mean. all this residual like love that I'm not giving to someone else that I'll mm-hmm. give to you. And so that's why I feel like sons are treated better than daughters because they can't really do that with a daughter, I guess. Cuz I feel like
2: the daughter's just like a representation of like themselves and themselves is either a freer version of themselves like they see like all the things they wish they could do yeah. or like just see them go back to the cycle of like being with a man they don't really like. Yeah.
0: Which is why, with my younger brother, he's six years younger than me, and i I like make it a point. I'm like, brother? "Brother? (laughs) You will not be one of those people. And I think my mom treats us pretty equally. Like, she does not pull that kind of shit. And I'm Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful, because I would lose my mind. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think
2: I had it pretty good when I was a kid. My parents, like, really wanted daughters, so they, like, poured every single fiber of love into us. But then that kind of translates into overprotectiveness, where they're like, you cannot go outside. Everyone's going to kill you or harm you. Someone's going to rape you. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone's going to do something, and I'm like... Too yeah, late! <laughs> but I just... I'm tired of the way society is structured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I feel with a lot of women I know that go from is box luckily not me as much, because I was the youngest, so I was kind of baby. But especially if you're an older sister with younger brothers, then you are, like, made into, like, a mom, like, as soon as you, that brother is born, mm-hmm. which is, like, so messed up because... Actually, can I swear? I was gonna yeah. say punk. I was like...
0: I don't <laughs> no, like, I, 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 can't I, swear. I said fuck in another <laughs> <enormous> <laughs> episode, and I was like, crap, should I delete it? <laughs> we're not, like,
1: in school. Okay, it's so fucked up
0: <laughs> because...
1: I feel like that's a big reason that women maybe aren't as, like, loved or as called as much as boys or girls aren't as called as much as boys as children because women kind of have, like, more expectation on them. Like, you have to take care of people, you have to take care of the house, mm-hmm. all these things. Like a mom, Whereas yeah. Men are allowed to go out and do whatever they want. That's, like, the biggest thing is, like, your brother can go do whatever he wants and, like, can go spend time outside and there's no question to ask but with, like, a... With a daughter, it's like, where are you going? What who are you seeing? Who are you seeing? Are you drinking? Yeah. When are you coming back? What are um, you wearing? Yeah, like all that kind of stuff. Whereas it's just not the same expectations with a man, so it's a bit easier to to coddle him because he can't do as much wrong because you don't expect anything of him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
0: I had a friend. She was a younger sister, uh-huh. and her brother came home from college. We were still in high school, and her mom was like, "Make him meals. Do this. Do that." She mm-hmm. was like. I have homework to do. I have this, you, like, he, and it was just so weird to hear that. Yeah, it's just like I feel like
2: a lot of South Asian men are just given a platter, and like they they do like like a so like oh, wait, what am I trying to say? Like I feel like in in American society, yes, like they do face some struggles, but when they come home, they're like treated as like the prince, and like there's so much that is given to them, and is like there's so like you said, so much like less expectations of them, mm-hmm. and it's just like watching from the outside is really frustrating because it's we're basically the same all you have is a penis i'm just <laughs> <laughs> like we're still, and i feel like that kind of plays into like my queer identity a little bit because like i wouldn't say in the most feminine woman like i did martial arts as a kid like i can i'm like fine but like seeing the way that men are able to like, just go out and like the way that even my parents would be have said like if you're a guy i don't think you'd have done this like treated you so with so much precaution so I just yeah. I think it's just frustrating
0: I think I found myself growing up being like really upset like especially being a swimmer I was like super muscular I was really toned I was like really strong as a child to where like I beat all the guys in my class in an arm wrestling contest. But I, like, took pride in the fact that, like, that part of me was masculine because mm-hmm. it made me so upset when girls would be like, I'm so weak, I can't do this. I Like, it genuinely, my blood used to boil. I was like, stop acting like that. Like, stop acting like you're weak and helpless. Like, we can do things. And I think this, like, at least South Asian society perpetuates that girls need to be dainty and, like, mm-hmm weak and small and like not be Take able to yeah other than
2: like doing stuff in the house or yeah. whatever
0: yeah i was just like stop like <laughs> i like i couldn't i it's still making me mad to this day when people are like oh my god i'm so weak and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> you're
2: not though <laughs> you're so mentally tough
3: <laughs> no yeah i get that completely because I, I i remember like always being told growing up that like i i had so much, like, wasted potential because, like, I, I've always had a very, like, feminine disposition about me. Like, I, I, I'm cute. I'm not gonna lie. I've been cute. <laughs> like, since the womb, I've been cute. And I'm also extremely light-skinned, which is something that I got from my mom and something that was highly praised about me, not just as, like, a colorist and classist thing, but also as, like, a mark of, like, femininity. But I liked playing outside and I liked running around the neighborhood, I liked biking, I liked getting lost all the time, like playing in the mud and like all this stuff. And whenever my skin would darken every summer, my parents would say a lot of things to me and my family members would too, that basically just translated to me like wasting my femininity. So I internalized a lot of the like, I need to be more demure, I need to be more dainty, I need to be more like whatever. And when I tell you that shit, like, ate me alive for so long. It was because it was just so opposite to how I felt about myself and so opposite to how I knew myself to be. And it wasn't until I was literally almost like 18 or something, nearing the end of high school, that I read something that was nature doesn't need to teach you how to run its course. Like, and It was this whole poem about how if you have to tell someone to do things a number of times, it must be the opposite of their course. You are not being taught how to be demure, you are being forced into that role. Like this isn't like knowledge that you're gaining that's supportive to you, you're being suppressed. And it just kind of like, I don't know, it it gave me like a little bit of air into my lungs for the first time in like forever because It was just, like, so hard. Like, if this is something that's supposed to be natural about me, if this is, like, something that's supposed to be so easy, then, like, why is it something I have to fight to upkeep and that I'm always being corrected on, you know?
0: Yeah. I I hate the colorism in our society. I, like, I'm also very light-skinned, but since it's summer, I'm really dark right now. (laughs) But I remember there was a summer when I was six years old. Six. But they put me in summer camp, and every single day we'd go out to the pool, and I got really, really, really dark that summer. And I could I would come home and my parents would call me a Gari Maina, which means like black cat, I guess. That's what they told me it meant, but I'm not super sure what it means. But like every time, even now to this day, we went to the beach like last weekend and I was sitting out in the sun and my mom was like, sit under the umbrella, wear more sunscreen, you're darkening. And I was like, who cares? I think that's such a huge problem that we have. It bothers me so much because in the summer, I, in the winter, I look like a vampire. Like you probably see my veins through my face. But in the summer, I get really dark. I tan so easily. Within five minutes, I went on a run. It was a 10-minute run and I came back and there was a huge tan line on my leg. So it's like that's such a huge issue and I always feel so guilty for going out into the sun. And I don't know. Sunscreen doesn't prevent you from tanning, yeah. which for some reason my mom thinks it does, but it doesn't. But it's, yeah, it's just, like, the light skin. Like, if you ever seen Bajira Amastani, they always yeah. talk about how Mastani was so light-skinned. Like, that was the most beautiful feature about her. And so I feel like being light-skinned is, like, equivalent to beauty. And yeah. so when I, in the summer, I feel not beautiful because everyone around me is, like, you're getting darker and it's equivalent to not being beautiful. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's... Like, I agree with the experience you've had that you just described. <laughs> I'm so sorry that, like, you share it. It's just so fucked up because, yeah.
3: like, like, the color of your skin really, like, is a flex, honestly. <laughs> like, I feel like like having everything
2: matches with brown I'm just
3: saying (laughs) like the greens pop like the neons like oh my god the orange white people cannot wear
2: orange (laughs) oh my god they're so mad about it too they try to tell
3: us like no pink is like they have this whole line in legally blonde like whoever tried to say that orange is the new pink girl shut up maybe not for you for the rest of the world yes it is but, like, no, it, it's so fucked up. And the way our cultures have, like, a long-ass history with skin bleach, that's oh, crazy. Yeah. It's, like, yeah.
2: all rooted in, like, anti-blackness and, like, Literally. the way the British were, like... Just the British. You know? Just like, the British. So much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are back to first episode. <laughs> but...
0: Yeah, just, like, I hate the colorism aspect of it. And it's so prevalent throughout Indian media, too. Or, oh like, it's, oh, it's South Asian media. Like, even, so
2: even what's her face? Priyanka Chopra did a fair and lovely ad. She's oh like, it was a glow.
1: I'm they like, said okay. I had a pinkish glow. <laughs>
2: Who wants me pink? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants a look? I'm just, okay. Okay, Let's see. What has been the most difficult thing about being gay in the South Asian community. There's like a, like a defining thing or just like what do you struggle currently the most with in your life?
1: I think for me it's kind of what I talked about earlier, which is I have I'm pretty accepting of myself internally, but my issue is with how I present myself to my community and how that reflects it on my family. And so I have and that's not only with queerness but also just like other things. So I think a lot of my struggle is just how much of myself can I share safely, and also how much of myself can I share in a way that doesn't harm the people around me that have not done anything to deserve that harm. And that's a whole... It's like, there's yeah, a whole web. Because, <laughs> because I <laughs> feel entangled like with,
2: with that too, because I, I really echo that, it's like, it's it's not I'm saying it's like not their fault that I'm gay, but I just like, it's not their fault the way society treats them right. so it's, I, I I feel bad the way they'll have to defend me to like literally so many people like especially for example my dad's side of the family like he when I came out to them like he was like oh don't worry I got like he's the kind of person who like can argue anything and win mm-hmm. but that's why I feel super bad for my mom because like she like really does not understand this and mm-hmm. like she's very much of like I want people to like me and this is what I'm gonna do and she will always like she like loves me But she just like wouldn't understand this part of me and like why I'd want to be different and have people Make fun of me or like like what's the word cut me off or like she's just super protective So I feel like I would I would feel bad to like make her be in a position where she'd have to defend like My identity or like what she sees as my choice. Yeah
3: Yeah I made my parents make that choice. Well, I guess in some ways they kind of forced my hand because if I had it my way, I probably wouldn't have ever come out to my parents or if I did, it would have been like much, much later in life as like a, hey, side note, I actually never wanted this shit, but I did it for you. But I fell in love with someone and it was a relationship that taught me a lot about myself and made me really, really want to just be more open about myself, like share, like a life with someone, like build a life with someone, build a family with someone, and like marriage had always been quite frankly like weaponized against me. So when I met someone who made me feel excited about the prospect of having a family, like it, that's not something that you just can you know like throw, throw away up yeah. and mm-hmm. keep a secret, you know. And when I tried to gradually welcome her into my life, like I knew that it would be received in a very tumultuous way, but was what I wasn't expecting and really heartbroken to learn was just how um, ashamed they were of me. Like my dad never wanted daughters, and he always made that very clear. And but I I just wasn't really expecting the response from my parents to be so visceral and so Violent they they said a lot of things they did a lot of things and all of them basically translated to If I didn't conform if I didn't not just end this relationship, but like stop being gay Basically, (laughs) I couldn't be not just a part of their families, but like a part of this like this space at all it was, it was really sad because it's not something that I see them ever really understanding was wrong because, like, it was their honor that was on the line with me being gay. And I understand, you know, like, they can't help the way society will treat them, and I understand the struggle they've put in, you know, to create this life for themselves, but I, like, wasn't going to let myself, like, lose my own life for it, mm-hmm. you know? I didn't want to... I didn't want to be a sacrifice in the name of what? Like so you could just like keep living like in a in a comfy house. Like how would that even like play out? Like you really want to live in in a town, in a society where like they found out your daughter was gay and said you had to get rid of her? Like that's that's crazy. Like I I couldn't hold their shame for them. So I left. And whatever they're feeling and dealing with is like I I, I'll say like oh it's their business and it hurts me you know like I I worry about them and I I wonder if they're doing okay I don't know like what they're telling people or anything like that but the perception of society weighed against my sanity and my safety and my livelihood the life that I had in front of me I did not have a will to live for a really long time because I did not want the future that was laid out in front of me. And when I finally was developing that for myself, to be told so bluntly, like with no room to interpret in any other way, like, that's just not something you're allowed. That's just not something that we'll have. That wasn't something that I could accept. So, and I don't know, if anyone's listening and if anyone is feeling the same way, if anyone has the same experiences, you're not a villain for Choosing to live your life and I know that's a very like Like coming of age like white girl like <laughs> indie movie story, you know, but like like choose yourself blah blah blah, but like Honestly, you can build Family you can choose friends that will become family to you. And you can build yourself up from wherever you are now and You're not a bad person for not being in contact with your parents or for not doing what they want you to do especially not if it means suppressing key aspects of yourself like that suppression will drive you crazy and and, and I'd rather just not live in resentment like I can forgive them for the hurt in a few years from now probably who's to say like when I'll have processed that but I know that that's a possibility for me to work through it and forgive them I can do that but I mean, I can't do that if I never, you know, make it to that year, you know? I I can't do that if I'm simmering in the resentment for what I had to give up, what I had lost, you know? And I'd just rather do things on my own timeline for once.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I was Yeah, I think that would really help people if someone were to listen to it and have a similar story because I feel like a lot in this podcast we talked about the societal perception and how we don't want to ostracize our family and things like that. And I feel like the choices you've made, not even like, I feel like the choices you were forced to make were very brave. And you're obviously an amazing person who's gone through a lot more than a normal person should have to. So thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> are you still with the person that you were dating? at that point?
3: Yeah, okay. yeah. We're, we're still together. I love her very much. She has similar things with her family, so we kind of understand each other in that way. And I love her not just because like we like are similar in certain ways. I love her because we're very different in exactly the ways that we need to be to force growth out of each other. I've just never really like thought that I could depend on someone in this way before like I know how to ask for help I know how to be vulnerable but to like start a life with someone means to like rely on them you know lean on them quite heavily and she lets me do that and not just like like she lets me lean on her but she also leans on me and I think it creates a nice balance we're like you know those like those triangle houses that are just made out of, like, two sticks, you know, (laughs) that are, like, perfectly aligned. No, not the teepees, but, like, like, like an A-line house, you know, like an A-frame house, you know, like, just perfectly propped up like that, and it's just two, like, Am I making sense?
0: Yeah. You yeah. make sense. I get it. I'm, <laughs> something is not getting <laughs> in my head.
1: They, but I believe you. I believe you. Like, <laughs> Two slabs right. of concrete, right? I believe you. And it. just put it together. You know the
0: house that Toph made in Avatar? Where exactly. just, like <laughs> exactly. We're Toph's house. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so so Toph's tent. Toph. To Toph. Yeah. <laughs> slabs. <laughs> that's
2: why... Okay. That's why... This is me. This is my personal opinion. So if you get offended, that's okay. I feel like... Gay relationships are superior, just because.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> like if you, truth.
2: <laughs> I just feel like there's like with a, with someone of the opposite gender in my case it would be a man. Like they already have such a leg up in like society in other ways that I feel like I would it wouldn't work. I feel like in heterosexual relationships, like there's so much unbalance. Like I feel like it wouldn't be that TV that fits nicely. Like with, with another woman they understand all the struggles like women come with and also with a queer woman, they understand all the struggles queer women go through. I just feel like and it's even better when you're in a relationship with a person of color who is <laughs> a queer woman. Cause like there's there's so much understanding that you don't have to explain yourself in anything and you don't have to like, teach someone what it means to be a woman. Cause I feel like maybe it's just like my what my experience with men is like explain to them that misogyny exists. Or like I have to like keep defending that like, okay, like I don't have to shave my legs. It's just a thing. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like with a woman, like, I could just worry about, like, the relationship itself. I don't have to worry about, like, all this, I'm not going to say, like, trauma. But like, <laughs> all this, like, experience women have to go through just to, like, have a place in the world. Yeah, I
0: remember. I used to say, like, I hate all men because of experiences I've gone through as a woman. And my boyfriend would be like, stop like why are you saying that like I'm a man and I'd be like it's not about you it's about how men treat women in this world and how women are treated by everyone because of this patriarchy that's created and it took a like it took him a while to understand but like I get that especially as a brown woman dating a white man i have to teach him a lot about being brown Mm -hmm. and being a woman (laughs) and I mean it's been four years so like he understands a lot and like I feel like we've become the little teepee house but it took a while to get there (laughs) I didn't mean to like shit on your
2: own no no you didn't you didn't a burning desire I'm like I feel like that was better (laughs) maybe just personally but what were you gonna say
3: no yeah and I I'm so sorry I didn't mean to cut you off I just do that whenever I'm like oh my god she's (laughs) spitting like I I kind of feel like what you're saying is just so like lesbian coded it just really is because it's like that's how I felt for the longest because I was like I I used to just be in like like not even just like relationships with men but just like like friendships that were supposed to be like talking stages or whatever right they would say some bullshit and I'd be like I don't want to explain this to you Mm -hmm. I don't want to teach you what consent is I don't want (laughs) to teach you what like I don't know like what like a fucking like a little watering can is next to the toilet like, oh <laughs> Lotta. yeah i blamed <laughs> the word i wanted to say but that was <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but, <laughs> like i feel like having someone who comes from a similar background from you like bridges so many gaps and it just makes things like go like so much easier in like all relationships like just because like not having to explain like instant kinship you know like mm-hmm. you get me i get you like it just works you know but also like i feel like I scared for lack of better, no, that, that is the better term. like I, I get really scared that like the men around me, like they don't fully understand the power differential between us, specifically in the basic Muslim societies that I was raised in. Any little thing that was like slutty behavior or whatever could like condemn someone. When I wore hijab, if a little bit of my hair was showing or like if I danced a little bit like in public or something like that like anything could be seen as provocative and that would always like terrify me and I'm not saying that to be you know like all men are violent and like all this stuff but I just I never really found safety and solace in men and I found it really difficult to cultivate that I always like had the wariness and I'll admit a lot of that is like trauma informed But I just, I don't know, I feel like there's, like, a certain, like, safety of being around women that, like, I, I do miss that a lot. Like, one thing about being in, like, predominantly Muslim spaces is that they were very intentional about gender segregation. And while that is bad in a lot of ways, the one thing that I really, really cherish was that I could just go into the women's section and take a nap. (laughs) <laughs> and it was fine, you know? I was I was safe, I was okay. Nothing was gonna happen to me, you know? But I, I kind of wish we had a little bit more of that now, like, I don't know, just in general. Like, women's spaces, like, queer spaces. And I, I just feel like those things, like, aren't as easy to find outside of, like, bars. I don't know, like, bars or, Which like, like podcasts. Because
2: I feel like, like, there's two points I wanted to say. Like, with men, I feel guarded. Like, I usually feel guarded. I feel like I have to, like, hide some part of me because Sometimes they feel like they take the opportunity to, like, maybe it's just my experience with men, but I feel like sometimes they, like, can be too calculated or, like, think objective is always good. Mm-hmm. Or, like, my experience, they might just, like, point out some objective facts or, like, what they don't see eye to eye on. So I always feel like I have to, like, keep myself guarded mm-hmm. just so I don't get hurt. Because, like, having emotions is a bad thing, apparently. And I think also with the queer spaces, like, I wish there was more things, like, that weren't like alcohol drug like mm-hmm. related to something like a coffee shop or like a library but like then people get mad about that and they're like mm-hmm. why is it only for queer people or
0: things like it's that it's just so. a safe space i kind of <laughs> also like wanted i in my relationships with straight men being friends with straight men i always feel very guarded because i'm just i shouldn't say this i shouldn't do that like i can't wear this around them because i don't want them to think this and i don't want them to start liking me and then like ruin this relationship with women it's just so much easier to like be yourself and not have to worry about anything yeah. sexual assault. Because yeah. <laughs> it's funny or things like that. I
2: feel like at least my parents or brown parents always like warn about men. And then when we're like, I don't really like men, they're like, How? <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> so.
0: You weren't
3: supposed to not like them. You were only <laughs> supposed to mistrust them. Yeah. Yeah, you were supposed to be hard. afraid of them,
2: so they could like manipulate and control you. But you're not supposed to talk to them until you're like the right age, and then you gotta get married to one <laughs> immediately. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you know, no boys until I say so. <laughs>
3: oh my god! I remember my mom was always so baffled. She was like, "You never spoke to like." any guys ever how are you supposed to get married and I was like girl you told me this like no, 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 no. this was the point right
1: like, I was like when did it come from like you don't have boys in your life right to oh what
3: about marriage I'm like
1: when did when did this happen what am I supposed
3: <laughs> to <be laughs> make like, that no it was crazy I had like like it was like every guy was supposed to be like like in in our community like in our cultural community every dude that was like three to like 10 years older than me was supposed to be a potential husband it was crazy like I, I was like 15, I remember. I went to this dude's high school graduation party, and I just finished my freshman year in high school, and she was keep your eye out on that one, he's a good one, and I was like, why would I, I? My, my mother, mom. to me, <laughs> about him? Marriage was no fucking joke, and it was the, the pressure escalated each year, and it was this weird balance of like, you have to present yourself, in a very specific way so you're attractive but modest and responsible and caring but also youthful and free and
0: like, yeah you know the <laughs> there's people, you just know? so much that women have to like Perform. look like, like yeah. yeah and, and like that's thing. why pick me girls exist oh my god Yeah, like i can't even be mad about pick me girls because it's like people are, <laughs> you created this monster <laughs> <laughs> I want to close up to the pick me girl who
2: created this monster.
0: Okay, we'll move on to lighter topics. (laughs) Um, What did you guys think of the queer ultimatum? Who was your favorite character and why?
2: If you had a favorite
0: (laughs) character. Sorry, favorite person. My
1: favorite person was, like, definitely Sam. I think Sam was the most mature,
0: the most most mature,
1: the most, like... So much wrong was done to her, (laughs) first of all, but she was, like, I think
2: should not be with Aussie just saying also this no. is what having like cool, like nice parents does like she's a perfectly fine woman Everyone else is <laughs> of and of like, yeah <laughs> like really <laughs> Aussie's so, so
0: traumatized yes. and Aussie's 40 years old and yeah. like Aussie's still They're living really like old. that
1: okay do you know my main okay not my main issue I had a lot of beef with that show the way they handled something I mm-hmm. don't know why in the reunion they invited Mildred back because like obviously like Did you watch the reunion episode? No. Also, why was Vanessa
0: more villainized than Mildred?
1: Literally. Like, Vanessa in the beginning, yeah, like, okay, she's kind of annoying.
0: She was weird. (laughs) Mildred
1: literally, Tiff called the police and got a restraining order, and Mildred was arrested for domestic assault.
0: What? And And lied to the police about what happened. And
1: then then the, the ultimatum invited Mildred back to the show. And Tiff stormed out because, obviously, they were, like, dealing with their abuser literally in front of them. And they didn't do anything to protect them. And Sam and Ozzy literally had to walk out. I think it was Ozzy,
2: too, right? No, just Sam. Just Sam? Okay, it was Sam. Well, well, Ozzy was just, like, traumatized with being with Mildred. Yeah, Ozzy was, like, Yeah, you saw Ozzy's face, and Ozzy was, like, I can't do this, like, I need to leave. And
1: honestly, like, I totally understand... But Sam was the only person to go out and, like, to be like, yeah, Tiff, are you okay? Like, this is Their obviously not Their okay. friendship is so sweet. Their friendship is, like, the best thing ever of that show. But, like, obviously, there was, like, a lot of things going on.
2: The show just did not handle the host. Why were they there? So bad. Why did okay. she call it
0: finger gay? Yeah, what
2: yeah. is that? Oh, what does so that mean? It's, it's <laughs> a straight woman. I'm just saying, she's a straight woman. Like, <laughs> they should have gotten a gay. She person. just wouldn't
0: understand. Like, there's nothing wrong with her. It's just why, there's so many gay women
1: yeah i know she was she wasn't the right person to host this show basically yeah,
2: she's so boring. been ellen so i'm just kidding
0: <laughs> 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 ellen would be like can you use a rotary phone <laughs> 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 pronounce yoli's name wrong yeah. everyone's name <laughs>
3: okay this is kind of a cursed opinion i'm sorry but xander looks so much like ellen to me like <gasps> doesn't act like them at all right but like just like it's something about the eyes i was literally i had to do a double take i like paused it and like rewinded <laughs> it i was like are you fucking serious <laughs> no but i think xander was probably my favorite mm-hmm. but but in this way of like i haven't finished the show in this way of like i want you to break up with them so bad right now <laughs> like so bad like get out of there you're in jail literally i think yeah. they i think they
1: realized none of the couples ended up together
3: right
1: or did even- sam and ozzy are still so together <laughs>
0: Which is the couple nobody wants together.
2: They should not be together. I'm
0: so mad. Yeah. Ozzy really needs to deal with (laughs) Ozzy's stuff. Yeah, But yeah, I think Vanessa and Xander also had an abusive relationship, but Mm. it was psychological abuse. Not saying but, as if psychological abuse (laughs) is any better, Mm. I think they needed to find better Couples to put on this show? But the the only
2: couples that agree to this are like crazy. Okay, no, sorry. Really (laughs) insane (laughs) 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 The The people are crazy. (laughs) I, okay, so me and, okay, I have some mixed feelings with Ray. Like, I think, I think at first I was like, why is she not able to communicate? Blah, blah, blah. But I also realized I think that's how she was raised. Like, and also the way that Lexi was just. Bulldozing through things, Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of that should be red flag. I I don't like Lexi.
0: I think everyone was like, oh Lexi's so great, she caught on to Vanessa's bullshit. But I was like, she's also really overbearing.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. And she still let that like finger um, finger in air quotes like (laughs) let her let that affect her in the reunion. Like she could not let that go. And I feel like Ray felt so bad about that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like she was just holding that over her.
0: But, yeah, and she's like, I have to tell my grandpa about it. I was like, Are you telling your grandpa about sex? <laughs> you
2: also went on the reality show. <laughs> yeah,
0: like,
1: you knew people in your life were gonna see about it. I totally agree. I feel like in the first few episodes when Lexi clocked on to Vanessa, I was like, Okay, like I, like like, I feel like she's figuring this thing out. But then as the show went on, like
2: the way she was treating Ray was like so, also she like, was so
0: obsessed with Vanessa. Like yeah. something. I think she was, was just like, so. Like, weird. I think she
2: was mad that she got duped by Vanessa, and yeah. she was yeah. just like that feeling of, like, someone could, like, manipulate her, like, really wrecked her. Because I feel like she's so self-assured that, like, she thought she would be able to, like, look through that, like, screen, but she, like, couldn't. So then she's just, like, I need to protect everyone.
0: Yeah, I guess.
3: I think another thing to keep in mind, too, and, like, this isn't to, like, excuse her as being, like, like immature or anything, but, like, she was, like, 24. And all of the other cast members were, like, in their late 20s to early 30s. Like, I'm pretty sure mal was like 35 or 36 Mm -hmm. and that was like her like trial marriage partner and i don't know i feel like when you're in these dynamics you kind of have to be overbearing in a way that's i need to protect myself i need to not seem so young and vulnerable yeah Mm -hmm. i see how that was like really shitty towards ray and like i i didn't really feel like they were a good match like from the jump (laughs) but like at the same time like i feel like her whole thing with vanessa was very like like Vanessa should not have been doing all that. Especially not to, like, someone in their early 20s. Like, that's that's really weird. Like, yeah. girl, like...
0: Her- Vanessa really reminded me of the girls in Bollywood movies that are the cool girl that the guy falls in love with. And, like, she does all this, like... She's just Picking. such a character. Yeah. She's not, like, a person. Like, the thing she was doing, like, really reminded me of a character from, like, a Bollywood movie rather than like a real person yeah like the girls that are like so fun and outgoing and they forget about like all their life responsibilities and like mm. they don't have any real problems in life and yeah. that's why they're so free and outgoing like yeah when she was like watch me dance and then she did this weird thing yeah. in front of Lex,
2: Like <laughs> whoa, i was like oh
0: you <laughs> created this monster <laughs>
3: No, like she was very manic, pixie, dream girl, like,
0: yeah, yeah. Right to her
3: core. And it was just like, it was just like, embarrassing, but also a little scary because it was mm-hmm. like, girl, like, if you're acting like this when you're 30, like, what were you like, like <laughs> nine years ago? But, like, oh my gosh. like, no one was like, oh my god, you're too old for this. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. yeah. so, like, Sandra must have
2: been through it. Like, This is wild. This is so, so wild. (laughs) I think the biggest red flag moment, though, for me was, like, when Xander was, like, oh, so if I have this child, would that be your child, too? Like,
0: oh, yeah, that was so weird. I felt
2: bad, because I'm, like, Vanessa must have been, like, if you have that child and it's not my egg, it's your child, it's not mine. I'm, like, I don't know. That just gave me Why are you married,
0: then? Like, what's the point of that? I
1: think Vanessa, like, that, I think her whole vibe in the beginning was... Oh, like, I don't want to lose Xander, but I also want to be able to just, like, go out and have fun and, like, be with who I want. And I'm, like, I don't really know if, like, that's possible because you know what Xander wants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Xander wants to be married and have kids and have a family and, like, obviously doesn't want to lose you either. And I feel like this is just, like, I don't know. It's just, like, it, it it was very
2: narcissistic, in my opinion. Yeah. And the way that Vanessa thought Xander could not get anyone else, that was like, yeah, that was that like the, I was like, like Xander's is
0: okay. a lot better looking than you.
1: <laughs> and then as soon as like she like saw Xander was like maybe slipping out of her grasp, that's when she was like, I need to reel them back in. Yeah, And, it was all and then
0: I feel like Vanessa's dad really called her out. That was so funny. I was like, oh! <laughs> her own father? But yeah. Okay, thanks. have you enjoyed our yeah. fifth episode? Thanks for
2: coming. I really, I feel like, like, I think T Te- or Toad mentioned <laughs> that, like, we can't have a South Asian podcast or a queer podcast without Muslim representation or, like, from the Muslim community. So I'm really glad both of y'all decided to talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And thanks for sharing your guys' experience. I know it wasn't easy. And yeah, I hope your guys' stories do help someone who listens to this podcast. So. Okay. Yay! Thank you guys for having us. <laughs> of course. And that is the end of our fifth episode. We hoped you enjoyed. And we also recently just made an Instagram page called Hidden Rainbow Podcast. Please feel free to like and follow. We only have one post. I don't know what else we'd ever post. But our DMs are always open for any comments concerns or suggestions and just general feedback that you guys have and yeah I hope you enjoyed our episode and we'll see you again next time